Good morning, good day, and good evening. I am, as always, your host, Brody Robinson, and today we are back for episode 106 of Tech of a T. Now, I could beat around the bush. We could go through some random other topic before I get into the one that... I don't, I don't know, it's not like something I want to like super duper talk about. It's just a really dumb topic. I'm going to stop delaying it. Uh, here it is right here. So we all know about FaZe Clan, hopefully. You know that clan, the, 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 the Call of, they used to be a Call of Duty clan. I guess they do like Fortnite and random other stuff now because no one really cares about Call of Duty at the same level as it was like back in, you know, 2010, 2015 era, time like that. I guess there is the, you know, Warzone. People do really like Warzone, but Fortnite is a massive game relative to uh to Call of Duty. So <clears throat> obviously they've had to diverge and they've got a new member. Now, I don't know why, <laughs> but um, Snoop Dogg has joined FaZe Clan. You know, that Snoop Dogg. Not some other random person called Snoop Dogg. No, the Snoop Dogg that we are all thinking about. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, he's done some gaming streams. Like, that's the funniest thing about it. Um, he's done gaming streams. He's played FPS games. He is someone who likes video games. I don't know whether you would put him at the... Uh, at, at least, like, the level that I would used to put something like FaZe Clan at. But, <clears throat> hey, whatever's working for them, I guess. I guess they need a, a bit of a boost in popularity. So they bring in, bring in Snoop Dogg. And Snoop probably is just like, you know what? I'm fucking high all the time. I don't really care, to be completely honest. Like... <laughs> I remember the early days of uh, of FaZe Clan and also Optic. Those were like the two big Call of Duty clans back in, I guess it would have been Black Ops, MW3, and then Black Ops 2. I don't really know what happened after that era. That's when I stopped paying attention to like all of those games. But <clears throat> Black Ops 2, I remember there was like these this really big rivalry between the two clans and the people that were a part of these clans you knew they were, like, the best people in the world. You knew that if you'd managed to make it through the recruitment process and you were a, you were someone who was actually a part of that, that you were, like, top shit. It was so... Like, it was so much like that, that there were people that pretended like they were a part of FaZe and were a part of Optic, and there were a couple other big clans at the time, but those were the main ones. And this is where we're at now. We are at, let's bring in Snoop Dogg. And I remember talking about this other story a while back. There was a, they actually brought in like an actual kid. Uh, FaZe Clan. <clears throat> I believe. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. They brought in a 12-year-old to play, uh, to play Fortnite. Oh, and then. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So apparently uh, he got his Twitch account deactivated because... You can't have a uh, <laughs> Twitch account when you're 12. And because he suddenly became really, really famous, um... <laughs> he got his account deactivated. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's beautiful. I, don't, I have no idea if he's still in phase at this point, but oh my God. 
So, um, yeah, that's that's happening, I guess. And since we're on the topic of gaming, I want to talk a bit about the uh, <clears throat> the gaming channel. So I've noticed that the gaming channel, obviously my, the gaming channel is my smallest channel, but with the clips I've been uploading, it's actually been doing relatively well. Like, relatively well for the fact that I'm not streaming on it. And that's the problem. The channel is actually picking up a subscriber base and I can't stream right now because of my connection. I would love to be playing whatever whatever it is I'm playing at the time. Hollow Knight, Kingdom Hearts. Those were the last two games I'm playing. But if I was still streaming at this point, I, I would probably be done with Hollow Knight. Uh, maybe. I might be done with Kingdom Hearts 2 and moving on to my next title. But I really cannot wait till I get back to streaming. <clears throat> for anyone who's curious, uh, it, it's it's still bad. It's still bad. So, right now, I'm going to check it. Just, you know, maybe there's some off chance that it suddenly got better and I just didn't know about it. But last time I checked, yep, we're getting 2 milliseconds ping. We're getting 12 uh, megabit up, which is, you know, that's a perfectly functional upload speed. It's just not what I'm paying for. Right now, I'm paying for 50 and this is what's happening. And then my upload, my upload is point. Uh, 6, 0.7, so that's not exactly usable for a live stream. Anything, I guess you could stream at like, you could stream at like 2,500 megabit, like that's, that's a, that's usable as a stream. Anything lower than that, and a lot of streaming services don't actually support that data stream. But I, when I was streaming, I was streaming at um 6 megabit, and 6 megabit is basically where I want to be at. Like, if it's going to be lower than that, then it's just not going to be as... The stream is going to be a bit of a mess. Like, that's how it's going to be. And there's no chance I'm streaming at, like, 800 kilobit. Like, that's just not going to happen. <clears throat> there, There's no world where anybody wants to watch a stream that is going to be that horrible... Like, that horribly compressed. So I'm just not even going to try to, like, make people sit through it. Plus, there's the other problem where if I try to stream like that... Because it's not always completely stable, like if someone starts watching Netflix in the house, <clears throat> it's very possible that it just it just dies out and stops working altogether. So even if I uh, wanted to try to stream at that and wanted to try to stream at a really, really low bit rate, it just it just wouldn't work at all anyway. Why is it that like I don't know, like. Maybe half the time, I mean, half the time, maybe like, th uh, I was going to say three quarters, but no, it's more. One, a quarter of the time, we'll say, that when I start doing the podcast, something starts playing out. I start getting like a, a runny nose or anything like that. I'm going to try to like mute it when that happens, and then I'll just have to cut out bits and all that stuff. But hopefully it doesn't become a, a problem with the rest of the podcast. Otherwise, I don't know, we may do a, uh, a shorter one. But what was I talking about? Um... Where, where did I even go from, from that point? I completely forgot. Uh, we were talking about phase. Then we talked about something else. And... Shit. That happened like two seconds ago. How am I forgetting? <laughs> how, am I, how is this podcast such, a, such an absolute fucking mess? You know what? I'm just going to forget about whatever it is we're talking about. And then... Move on to uh to something else. So when I was talking about the Steam Deck the other week, oh, I was talking about phase, right? 
whatever. I was talking about the Steam Deck the other week, and I couldn't find a Steam Deck recovery image, or a Steam Deck ISO, or I guess Steam OS ISO, or anything like that. So if you had uninstalled Win, uh, uninstalled Linux and replaced it with something like Windows, I thought there was no way to uh to get back. Turns out that that was true temporarily, but it has been addressed now. It may have been there initially, and I just didn't know about it, but it has definitely been addressed now. So now there are these recovery instructions on the Steam Deck website. Uh, and if you go to this link right here, you can download a Steam Deck image. Now, this Steam Deck image is not a Steam Deck ISO. So there have been a lot of people that have managed to get this working in a virtual machine. Some people actually getting this working on hardware, but... This is not a generic Steam Deck ISO. It's an image designed specifically around the Steam Deck hardware. So unless you're running a Steam Deck, getting this working is going to be a bit of a uh, a bit of a challenge. It's very possible, but it's a challenge. So you can use that now, and I don't know when we're going to be getting a Steam Deck ISO. So from my understanding, Valve does plan to release one. They haven't really changed anything. Uh, they haven't changed anything about what they've said. Uh, so, at this stage, we are getting an ISO. Um, hopefully. But, yeah. I, I, I can't really say when, but when we do get it, it's... When we do get it, I'm definitely going to be looking at it. That, that's going to be the case. There are some people in here who are, like, very confused about what it is, though. Like, there are some people who are like, wait, is it an ISO? Is it not an ISO? Can I use this? Can I not use this? But you can use it. You can use it if you, if you want to put the effort in. It's just not designed to be used like that, which is fine. Like, as long as they have some sort of recovery image out for launch, out for the people who potentially want to install Windows, that's fine. Like... I wouldn't want to buy a piece of hardware like this, wipe the OS, and then literally have no way to ever get back to the original OS. So at least that's there, and that's going to be fine for those people. <clears throat> My plan when an ISO does come out is I'm, I don't really like doing video, like just general videos on distributions. Like there's not, in my mind, a ton to really, I guess... I don't think I can... There's a ton to say. I just don't think I can format it in a way that makes it really exciting. I think for content like that, it makes more sense in a really long-form structure, like a live stream. So the other nice thing about doing a live stream or something like that is if maybe you're trying something and somebody knows something that you don't, it's very easy to sort of share that information and make sure that everybody viewing this has that same information as well. If I do my own research on a distro, on a whatever it is, a desktop environment, anything like that, it's very easy for me to be looking at it in one way and completely miss something sort of fundamental about it and not provide the best information available. Sure, in the live stream format, it's not the most, I guess, succinct way to view it, but... I think having that long form sort of works, especially for something like that. 
with general software, though, the reason why that doesn't work, because there's usually not, like, that much to say about it. Sure, something like Vim or Emacs is different. Those are things where you can do multiple live streams and still basically have more to say. But, I don't know, let's, let's say I looked at some, like, currency converter, for example. Like, you couldn't really do a live stream on that, for example. I just remember what I was talking about before. It was the um, the gaming channel doing well. So, when it comes to streaming, my plan at this stage is when I move. So, that's June 1st. Uh, I'm going to have... Actually, what day is June 1st? June 1. June 1, 2022 is a... It is a Wednesday. I'll stream the day after I'm... <laughs> I'll stream on the... That week, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there's going to be streams. So, I guess... The 2nd of June, th 3rd of June, and 4th of June. Uh, maybe I'll move something in slightly earlier, because my plan... Like, sure, the, the day I'm officially moving in is the 1st, but I'm probably going to bother Dylan to get a key, like, the week or fortnight earlier, because he's going to be in the place by then, and he's just sort of you know, getting the place ready, buying furniture and appliances and things like that. But I'm probably going to bother him about getting here early. Uh, he, look, he might say no, that's fine. But if he does say yes, I'll get everything set up earlier and then we'll be ready to start streaming basically as soon as possible. And the plan at this stage is to sort of jump straight back into the schedule, uh, at least for the gaming channel. So gaming channel, I'm going to be playing Hollow Knight and Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 to be specific, and then on the main channel, I'm probably going to do a sort of a return stream, something like, if you're, if I'm a VTuber, I call it a re-debut stream, but I'm going to do a return stream, uh, just sort of talk about what's been going on, all of that stuff, and then the week after that, we'll finish off LFS, and then go from there. Hopefully, LFS ends up getting functional, um... In which case, then, you know, we'll, we'll go from there and get uh, BLFS done as well. If it's not, well, I guess we move on to something else. Maybe, I don't know. I've been wanting to try out, like, remember how I did the trying out older versions of uh, Ubuntu? Trying out older versions of GNOME alongside of that. I would like to do that same thing, but with something like KDE. So... I will probably pick something like Kubuntu or uh, something. Just I'll, I'll find something that basically lets me go and try out really old versions. Because trying to install those on modern systems, um, it's not gonna happen. So I'm just not going to uh, not going to try. And we'll just we'll find an ISO that has it. That always leads to some fun, especially when we get into like the, some of the really, really old ones where you you look at it and you're like, wait, has this changed in like 10, 15 years? That's how I felt when I tried out the early versions of GNOME. Like I, I used it. I was like, wait, this is just GNOME. Like this is just Ubuntu spin of GNOME. Nothing has changed. Even during that period where I was using Unity, it was just GNOME. Like, I don't know why people were so... Like, this is one of the things that I don't understand. Before trying out Unity for myself and trying out the GNOME that came directly after it, I don't know 
I, I, at that time, I sort of understood why people, or I, at least empathized with people that thought the gnome was bad coming from Unity. But after trying it, I realized that they were basically the same. Maybe there were some, like, plugins or something like that, which didn't work from one system to another, and that makes sense, in which case, I totally get the problem. But for the general user experience, like the out-of-box experience, it felt basically the same. Like, I really can't tell you what was different about it. I didn't realize that I was on the Unity-based system uh, until, until like, I, I looked at the, um, the overlay and saw, like, the Unity logos and things like that. Open up the About menu, it says it's Unity. But, like, if I was just, like, moving around... It, it, it was just Gnome. It was just Gnome. Not to say that things like Gnome haven't changed. It's just... It's sort of like... It's sort of like the Windows overlay from... Or the Windows UI from, like, Windows... I want to say at least... I haven't tried 95, but at least from 98 up until 7. Sure, there were, like graphical changes but the layout if you took someone from windows 98 and put them on windows 7 they would generally be able to work out like where stuff is located like this is the start menu the start menu is structured in a fairly similar way the context menus work in a similar way the file manager works in a similar way everything is fairly similar it's not a fundamental change and then you go from something like seven to eight for example and you have the whole metro ui and it was bad that was a fundamentally different experience but from what i've seen desktop environments like gnome haven't had that they've just been the same experience just polished in more and more ways as the year go uh, as the years go by maybe not polished in the ways you like them to be polished, and maybe in some ways make them worse, but that's sort of a, uh, that's a, I guess, a discussion we had with someone who, I guess, uses them super heavily and has their entire workflow sort of built around their entire, or built around their desktop environment. And not just built around their desktop environment, built around the, the version of the desktop environment that, ships with Ubuntu because Ubuntu's GNOME isn't it's not van a vanilla GNOME and that's why it hasn't really changed on Ubuntu because the way they they've used has basically always been the same I actually do like vanilla GNOME uh, I think it has some it has some issues but I think if you're like hey bro do you have to use a desktop environment and your options are well, you you may uh, yeah and GNOME was one of the options. There we go. I wouldn't say that GNOME was the worst option there. Someone might disagree. They might be like, oh, GNOME is awful. You should use like KDE or uh, XFCE or whatever it is their favorite is. But none of the desktop environments on Linux are bad. They might be bad if you're coming from the context of using Windows or Mac OS where they have millions and millions of dollars to spend on their UX design. But from someone who sort of knows how Linux software is structured already, knows how to use it. They're all fine. Like, the brief experience I've had with all of them has been perfectly fine. If anything, my least favorite is XFCE. But that's sort of just a aesthetic thing 
rather than its its functionality. I just don't like the the older desktop look that XFC has. But that's sort of part of its appeal, and it's made to be the the lightweight desktop environment, even though in many ways, from what I know, uh, KDE actually might beat it in some ways. But that might just be hearsay, and that might just be KDE fanboys uh, trying to push their, their agenda, trying to push the software they want to push. But at the end of the day, if you have modern hardware and you just want a desktop environment, they're basically all gonna they're all gonna do the job sort of well enough. Now, just before I mention Kingdom Hearts, so I the reason why I have oh my monitor turned off. <laughs> Fucking awful system. I'll talk more about that in a moment. The reason why I bought the uh the rest of Kingdom Hearts series and then three and I guess Melody of do I have a copy of Melody Memories? I think I do. Pretty sure I do. Um, the reason why I bought the rest of the series on on console, firstly, vastly cheaper. I have no idea why the Kingdom Hearts series is being sold at full price. Um, but sure, it is. But the other reason is because I didn't think that it worked on Linux. Turns out that it can now so it's exclusive to the epic game store so you do have to get around like that that mess and you have to get like heroic launch and all that stuff working but with some configuring of wine and lutris you can get it working i actually haven't looked at the instructions here but there are okay there's different instructions for different versions of the game so, or and different iterations in the series. So let's go Kingdom Hearts 3 through the Heroic Games launcher. So this so setup is the same as Lutris. So download the version from whatever place you want. Yeah, whatever place you want. Uh, put it everywhere you want. Put it everywhere you want. What a horrible instruction that is. Uh, unzip from somewhere. You should have the folder with the various bin and setup exe ready to go. Okay. Uh, download the the game from the library itself. It's been confirmed that 5.13 simply runs the... Uh, Proton 5.13 simply runs the game completely fine without issues and needing to set up everything post-install. Oh, it... Wait, it works with an... That's like two major versions ago. How did nobody test this already? Okay. Uh, so you download Proton... After you've the, both the game and Proton downloaded, click the gear. It, this is as easy as setting it up in a for like a Steam game. What? How had nobody tested this? Like my understanding is there was some sort of like DRM issue or something like that. But no, it it seems like it literally just works. Uh, okay, so two point eight. That is the one featuring Aqua. I guess it has the Aqua game, but also DDD and something else. The cutscenes for something. Wasn't it cutscenes for Cross or something? I don't fucking remember. Um, so 2.8. The Heroic Games launcher again. Um, download Proton GE. Okay, you need a different version of Proton. Uh, for MF install, open the terminal, set this prefix... Go to that, rename the epic folder in epic.bat. 
since Wine can't handle transition between cutscenes, launch, and the game yet, these are fucking horrendous instructions. Uh, you have to grab the forked version of this script that contains the support for 2.8. Okay, so three, three works perfectly, basically out of the box. That's probably because the game, firstly, is a newer game and was built from the ground up to uh to work in the Unreal Engine. So it makes sense why that works. The older games are ports to the Unreal. I think they're all ports to the Unreal Engine. I want to say they're no. Is it? Wait, shit. Are they still... Wait, is 2.8 still using... No, because 2.8's got uh, DDD in it. So D... Um, not DDD. It's got the... Uh, the... The Aqua game. So that one would be the Unreal Engine, but I guess the other games would probably still be uh, Square Enix's proprietary engine. I'm pretty sure the older ones are, though. They, they, I'm pretty sure they definitely are. But yeah, so with a bit of tweaking, um, you can play all of these games perfectly fine on Linux, and you can play them perfectly fine on the uh, the Steam Deck as well. They do have some slight issues. Uh, a lot of games sort of share this exact same issue. There are some shader cache issues where games don't... Because shaders work very differently based on the GPU that you're actually using. And translating shader code, it's not as easy as just translating, um, just translating, you know, the general game code, the general game engine. Uh, because the, the shader code is designed directly for that hardware. So you run into issues where the shader caching doesn't play super nicely and you end up getting more stuttering than you might like. But at the end of the day, uh, these games run much better than they will run on the, uh, the, the, uh, the Switch version. <laughs> also, this person is Genshin. Wait, wait, this person is Genshin here. Wait, are they running? Oh, that, that, I think, I think I know what they're running. Um, I think, I, I, I'm not going to talk about it because, um, yeah, it. Wait here, here. If you if you know, then you know. Is it still working? From my understanding, it looks like it still is. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, it's still working. You can still, you can still play uh, Genshin on Linux. I'm not going to tell you how because it's a um. It's a very, it's a very open secret, but, uh, it does work in methods that shouldn't be, um, shouldn't be working, but they do. Uh, there are some ways, there are some ways to get around the anti-cheat, which may end up leading to people getting banned who are playing the game like this, but if you're, you're happy to accept that, um... That's probably what um what 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 this guy's got here in his uh in his Lutris screen. <laughs> it probably is, to be completely honest. You know one thing that bothers me about the the Kingdom Hearts uh HD collection remakes, whatever you want to call them, and the PC version, then whatever however many other remakes there have been of the uh the Kingdom Hearts franchise. We still don't have remakes of 
two of the games, two really good games that the only way to experience right now is by watching their cutscenes. Three six five, three. Wait, no, three. I always say three six five. Three five eight over two days. That is the um the Roxas game. Three five eight over two days. It was a game for the Nintendo DS, which I understand. Uh, I guess no. There's not. There's nothing for that game that you really, you really need the um the bottom screen for. Because I think the bottom screen just had the uh just had the map. So basically, you go around playing as Roxas during his time in the uh in the organization. And yeah, there's nothing in this game, from my understanding that you needed the bottom bottom screen for. I think it was just the map. So remaking this game and then just putting the map on the screen or having some of the system to make it work, I think I think is doable. And the other game is uh Kingdom Hearts Recoded. This is <sighs> what do, what do I say about Recoded? It is it is the least important game in the entire series. But it's still quite fun. I feel like I've talked about it before, but you play as... You don't play as Sora. You play as Data Sora. You play as the memories of Sora going through a a program that... I think it... Doesn't it run in, like, Jiminy's Journal or something? And then at some point you meet Riku... But Riku also isn't Riku. He's actually Data Riku. But then I'm going to spoil like halfway through this game. It doesn't matter because the game doesn't matter whatsoever. The The thing that matters about Recoded is the uh, the gameplay. The gameplay is really fun. And I feel like it has one of the most... Um, this and 3 for 8 have sort of the most unique combat systems in the game. Or not, not unique. Polished. Polished is a good way to put it. It's very much like the BBS system, but polished in a, a way that that game didn't have. So, basically, at some point, uh, Sora gets to Disney Castle, and all of this stuff happening with Data Sora um, is being watched by Jiminy and Mickey. They're trying to like work out how to get... Oh, this is why Sora's going around. Sora is running around, I think, trying to, like, protect the real Sora's memories or something like that because they're getting corrupted by... I don't fucking know. It doesn't matter. But at some point, Data Sora comes to, uh, comes to D a Disney castle and then meets real Mickey and real Jiminy, who then find out they're not actually in the real world, they're actually in the Data world or something. <laughs> something like that but i i recommend you go and play recoded it looks really bad if you don't upscale it like the nintendo ds had a very 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 low resolution screen but i've talked about this before because these were 3d ds games they upscale very very well like you can take these games from looking genuinely terrible to looking genuinely not terrible <laughs> i don't want to say good i just want to say genuinely not terrible uh it doesn't upscale the it doesn't upscale the 2d text like there'll be 
oh, I, I, they'll be upscaled, I guess, but they're going to be upscaled in a linear fashion. So if it's pixelated, it's always going to be pixelated. But because these games were made as DS games, uh, the art style of the HUD does sort of fit that. They're not trying to make it look realistic, trying to make it look high res when it's low res. So the UI does upscale basically well. There are some oddities with the control scheme, like the left, because it was DS, you didn't have a thumbstick. The left and right bumpers turn the camera. So unless you map left and right to left and right on your, your thumbstick, um, it's going to be weird to play. You need to like bind, I guess you need to do like the Kingdom Hearts 1 uh, interaction system where you used, was it R2 and L2? I think it was R2 and L2 in Kingdom Hearts 1, the original version, not the HD remakes, to turn the camera. It wasn't a good system, it never was a good system, and it never will be a good system, and I'm very happy that modern games um, don't do that anymore. As much as I would like to go and play Kingdom Hearts 3 and Melody of Memories, I did say I was going to stream the entire series, so... I guess we're going to be waiting until the uh, until the streams end up end up coming back. Hopefully before June first, but at this stage, June first. At this stage, that's when it's going to be. Now I mentioned last week that my system—I think it was last week, maybe week before. I don't know. One of the weeks that my system was crashing. It was crashing for for seemingly no reason. Since then, it has become mostly stable. So I ended up updating the BIOS. For about a week, it didn't crash. Perfectly fine. I also disabled IOMMU because some people were saying that in some situations that can cause problems, and I'm not using it anyway. It's basically a way to let you pass hardware into a VM. Like, you can still pass your mouse and stuff into it, but if you want to pass, like, a GPU then you do need to have IOMMU uh, enabled. I don't do that, though, so I don't need it. Also, I went and disabled uh, C-State 6, which is also known to cause some issues on Ryzen-based systems. And since then, the system has been basically stable. And then the other day, it crashed again. But this was a crash that was quite repeatable. So, you know what? I'm going to grab it right now. So, when I first moved into this house, I didn't have Ethernet in my room. Because my room is quite, quite far away from the uh, the modem. And at that time, for whatever reason, I just completely forgot that power over Ethernet is a thing that exists. Nowadays, I use that. And nowadays, power over Ethernet works really, really, really well. I reckon, honestly, if you can, I recommend using Power Over Ethernet if you can't get a, um, if you can't run a, a cable normally to wherever your computer's located. Don't do what I did and buy a Wi-Fi card. This is, a, what, what even is this? It is a, it is a TP-Link T4EUS. You can actually see how dust, can you see how dusty it is? That's a question. Wait. I'm going to put a line on it. Focus. Focus. I think, it's getting, I think it's getting blown out by the lights. Eh, no, you can't. Uh, what I'm going to say is it's very dusty. Like, really, really dusty. 
Uh, but it's been functioning perfectly fine. Probably. So, uh, every time I enabled my Wi-Fi, my system would crash. And this is the only part of my system that has the ability to run Wi-Fi. So, I took it out. Now, system doesn't crash. And I don't need it anyway, so... I, honestly, I should have removed it months ago. When I removed this, it did seem like it may not have been seated properly. So that's very possibly uh, what was causing the crash. But I'm not totally certain. Either way, I don't need it in my system. So there's no point sort of wasting the power, sort of powering it. So for now, it's going to, I don't know, exist in my wardrobe or wherever I ended up leaving it, or wherever I ended up leaving it after this, uh, and I'm not going to deal with it anymore, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you do do power over Ethernet, there are some things I would, I would keep in mind. So, if you can, don't plug it into a power strip. So, when you're doing power over Ethernet, basically the way it works, or Ethernet over power, not power over Ethernet, um, Ethernet over power. If you're doing that, basically you're running your your Ethernet over your power, like the, the power lines in your house, over the, the copper wire in your house. So in older properties, this might lead to a really shitty connection where a Wi-Fi card might make sense. But if you're living in something built after like the 1980s, the, the cables in the house are probably perfectly functional. If, you know... If, you're, if you don't think your house is going to light on fire when you turn the light switch on, you're probably going to be fine. So, anyway, don't plug it into a power strip because you want to have sort of as clean of a signal as you can get. Even if it is in a power strip, I did have it like that once, it will work uh, most of the time. Depends on the power strip. Some of them don't work super well like that, but... Assuming you have a, a decent power strip, it's going to be fine. But if you've got, like, a, a super cheap one, it may cause some issues. So, extension cords are fine because you're running one point to one point. But when we're talking about breaking a, a power point off into multiple things, I would avoid it. Now... In my room, it's hard to avoid. I, I've sort of talked about this before, like how ridiculous and how much of a fire hazard my room is. But I've got like a, I think it's a 14. I want to say it's a 14 port, uh, port down here, powering basically my entire room. <laughs> I do have a PowerPoint over here and I probably, you know, should move something to it. But, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Maybe in the, I actually don't know what the the PowerPoints in the new place are going to be like. I don't know what I'm going to have. So I might end up having to make it worse than the new place. This room's fine because I have four ports. I have two here and two here. If I only have two in the new place, I'm going to have to find something to do. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do, but I, I'm going to have to find... I hope minimum it has four ports. If it doesn't have four ports in, in that room, man, man, you're going to see some fucking stupid setups I have. Because I'm not getting rid of stuff. Like, everything I've got plugged in is stuff that I need. The only thing I could 
reasonably unplug is my console. That's the only thing that reasonably could be unplugged. Because I've got my... I, I've, I've worked everything out before, but... Uh, actually, no. I could get rid of my... Uh, unplug one of my lights. Because this light is running on... Power on, on wall power rather than a battery, and I have the spare batteries to use, so I could do that. Maybe I'll do that if I desperately needed the port at the new place, maybe. Um, but I've got my three monitors, I've got a light, I've got my camera, um, my mixer board. I just turn it down by doing that. Uh, I've got my computer, obviously, my console, my soundboard my my sound bar and then also the sub the sub has a separate power system um i feel like, oh, obviously the the power of uh, the ethernet of power but that's on a separate thing not on that board this is a problem i actually forget what i've got <laughs> i forget what i've got plugged in but i know that everything i've got plugged in is important i'm pretty sure i don't think i've got anything plugged in that I don't necessarily need plugged in. Pretty sure. But maybe I do. Because <laughs> I know I didn't count everything that I actually uh, have plugged in right now. I know there's more that just... It's floating around and just doing what it does. But then across the entire room, I also got the two lights back there. Those ones do get unplugged at night, though. Like, I don't leave them plugged in um, because... Even when I, like, turn them off, actually, I want... You're going to be able to see it. Oh, no, these ones actually do. I thought... I guess they're the old ones. Um, these... These lights, sometimes when you get them, they're not... They don't work so well. Pressing the off button um, makes them actually stay on. <laughs> like, because they still have power running through them, the LED keeps trying to turn back on and I guess it must have like a faulty switch or something so it occasionally touches and lights it up for like just a moment but it's better off to like unplug those entirely uh, and just put them away when I don't need them and then I've got behind behind uh behind this guy here um there is a reading light which I use to read <laughs> as you do with a reading light it is a very another very sketchy light uh I have a lot of sketchy stuff in my house I've talked about those lights back there before, but they got they they came from eBay. Um, and the last set were dead on arrival, so like, yeah, it, it is it is what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> do what I say, not what I do. Take my advice on some of the cool things you can do, but don't buy the cheap shit I buy. Uh, unless you're you know you're willing to potentially uh risk some stuff but uh, you know what? i've had i've had pretty good luck with the dirt cheap electronics i bought off of ebay um not perfectly like those ones back there the they have bolts like on there they hinge to hold them up one of them perfectly fine the other one it doesn't like the bolts don't stay tight so every two weeks or so i have to like retighten the bolt otherwise it just like flops over so um yeah also that. <laughs> oh, oh, um, the cable. So I talked about this, this stupid monitor and I'm not sure what the problem is now because the monitor, I don't know if it's, it's one of two things. 
it's either the HDMI port on the monitor or the HDMI port on the GPU. So I bumped the cable on the GPU. Actually, can I do it right now? I wonder. The other day, I bumped the cable on the GPU side and the monitor also turned off. I can't do it right now. Um, so it's very possible that the display port on the GPU is slightly faulty as well. But it could be the... Uh, the I guess... Yeah, I'm using the HDMI port on on um on the monitor right now so it could be that as well like this is the weird thing so i have my ps4 plugged in no problem whatsoever i can touch the cable i can move the monitor everything stays fine but i have the the uh the pc plugged in the linux system plugged in and it disconnects every time i bump the cable and the only there there are two there are two, um, I guess, repeating factors in both situations where it turns off. It's the GPU and the... No, it's. I think it's just... I think it's just... No, sorry, I think it might just be the GPU that's the, the repeating factor. Because it happens when I have it plugged into either the... So right now I'm using a DisplayPort to HDMI to plug into the monitor. And it happens regardless whether I have a DisplayPort plugged into the GPU or I have the DisplayPort to HDMI. But the thing about DisplayPort, um, like the just pure DisplayPort, it doesn't actually show up the monitor in XRander, which is really, really strange. So I don't know, once again, I don't know if it's a problem with the monitor or a problem with the GPU. I'm going to be replacing the GPU anyway. So my plan is to... I hope it's not the monitor, because this monitor I've only had for, like, four months. Um, but I've said it before, I'm buying a new uh, new GPU when the new uh, Ryzen series comes out. Uh, what is it? Is it 6,000 GPU? Is that what it is? I think it's 6,000. Uh, and f I think from what we know right now, it's coming at the end of the year. Uh, actually, is it 6,000? Ryzen GPU. Yeah. Uh, Ryzen new GPU. Uh, yeah, so I, I believe from what we know, it 7,000. I say 6,000, I meant 7,000. Wait, no, 7,000 CPU. Wait. Are they using the same numbering on their GPUs and their CPUs? Might be 7,000 GPU. Uh, anyway. From what we know, they're probably coming out sometime this year. Probably. Maybe. But everything right now is like, you know, early rumours and... There's only so much you can trust early route. Yeah, Q4 2022 is what we are expecting right now. So I'll probably end up buying a new GPU. Not then, because usually they start their lineup with their their top-end card. So I guess it'd be like uh, Q1 2023, probably. Unless they start multiple cards and they start with their, um, their seven or six class cards at that point. But it is what it is. It is what it is, and hey, if there's a problem with the monitor, I guess it's a problem with the monitor. But let's let's just hope 
let's just hope that's not the case so I don't have to replace the new monitor I bought a year. Uh, not even a year, like, I guess it would be a year by that point. Yeah, a year after I buy it. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's talk about some, uh, some, some Steam games. So, the Steam Deck came out, and the Steam Deck is doing what Steam Deck does. And the Steam Verified Game Program has been growing at a steady pace. I am actually surprised that my theory was wrong, and they didn't just drop a massive list, uh, basically out of nowhere. So, basically, they were just lying about what they said earlier. They were just lying about how they said they tested thousands of games. That, that's, that's basically what we can establish here. Because there was not thousands of games on their list, and there's not thousands of, the, uh, thousands of games on their list now. But there is 1,100 games. So a couple of notable titles that recently got supported. Very, very notable titles. Um, Adelaide uh, Riser 2, Lost Legends, and The Secret Fairy. I actually need to go and play the Adelaide series. We've got a couple of entries on my, uh, my shelf here. And I've played some of the earlier games, and from what I've played, they've been fun. Um, Contra Anniversary Collection. Red Faction Guerrilla Steam Edition. Uh, Botanacula. I've never heard of that one. Dead Island Riptide Definitive Edition. That looked fun when it initially came out. I never actually played that, though. Uh, Metro Exodus. Uh, as These ones are marked as playable. So, Atelier Riser, Ever Darkness, and The Secret Hideout, which is the prequel to uh, Atelier Riser 2, Lost Legends, and The Secret Fairy. Uh, Need for Speed Rivals. Prince of Persia 2 Thrones. R-Type Final 2, Payday the Heist, and Tales from the Borderlands. I don't know why this wasn't already marked as playable. Because it was a... It was already a native game. From my understanding, the native version actually worked quite well. I'm seeing that a lot of the... A lot of the criteria to get even into playable... It's actually fairly strict. Like, there's a lot of games that... A lot of games that are being marked as unsupported, which are not unsupported. Like, they just aren't perfectly playable in the Steam Deck. But the way that I initially thought it would work is... Games that didn't perfectly meet the criteria would just drop down into playable. Um, but if we go to the unsupported list right now... Uh... Here we go. Uh, P4G, I know why that's there. But Ori and the Will of the Wisps. This works really, really, really well under Linux. Like, actually really well. So the fact that it's here really doesn't make any sense to me. Same with Duck Game. Duck Game, from what I know, works really well as well. Um, Nekopara, also, like, Nekopara Volume 2 and Volume 3 also work really well under Linux. Why they're not on playable is beyond me. Like, I get why it's not in Verified, because these games probably don't have, um, probably don't have really good control or support, and maybe the text is too small. But in that case, you would drop it down to playable. Batman Arkham Asylum, actually, let's see what this one has on... I'm, I'm pretty sure the Nekopara games all have either gold or 
uh, platinum rating, but I'm not sure what uh, Arkham Asylum has. I want to say it has a gold rating. Arkham. Arkham. Silver. Uh, yeah, it's silver. So, like, it's probably perfectly playable. Uh, what else do we have here? Ultimate Doom? I don't know about that one, actually. That's probably on that list because it doesn't have control support or doesn't play... Yeah, probably doesn't play... Um, or probably has too small text or something like that. But we're seeing a lot of games... What do you mean Ender Lilies is on this list? Wait, what? I am unsupported, aren't I? Yes. Okay, this list is really strict. Why is Ender Lilies... Can we see why? Does it tell us why? Uh, I don't know where it would tell us. I've played through all of Ender Lilies. This game, I'm pretty sure, has a platinum rating over on Proton DB. Yeah, it's platinum. I don't know why this isn't marked as playable. See, this is what I'm meaning. There is a lot of games making their way onto the unsupported list, which are not unsupported whatsoever. Like, literally at all. TIS 100 also works really well on Linux. Uh, that one might have an input problem, though, so I can understand that one. Uh, what else do we have? Pavlov VR. It's a VR game, so it makes sense. Uh, Sleeping Dogs? Sleeping Dogs. Okay, that one makes sense. I haven't. Uh, it's got a bronze. Um, Halo MCC. I know why this one's here. That one's there because of the um, the anti cheat problem. Uh, Dead Space Two. Dead Space Two has a gold. Once again, another game that should be marked as playable. I kind of wish they said why a game didn't get marked as playable because many of these games should be. Uh, DBZ Kakarot. Dragon Ball Z, Kakorot, Platinum. What are we even talking about with this list? Uh, Final Fantasy IX. Let's have a look. Final Fantasy IX. Gold. Uh, this, I, I know that, I know that Neptunia V2 has a, I think it's at least a silver. Last time I checked, it may have gone up. Neptunia V2, silver, okay. Uh, and I've, I haven't played that under Linux yet, but from my understanding, it should play perfectly fine. Um, maybe that one makes sense why it's under... Why it's under unsupported though, and there's just so many on here. Uh, World at War. World, at, I don't think World at War even used anti cheat. That was like too old of a game. Oh, it did. Punk Buster. Uh, that makes sense. Um, P5S I know doesn't work right now. That one, uh, I think has the same problem that. No, I think it's a no. It has a different problem than Golden has because Golden 
um, Golden didn't work because of cutscenes. This game, I don't think, works in the in the gameplay. Yeah, this one just doesn't work altogether. Um, East Origin, that's another one. Like, East, there's a couple of East games on this list. Gold. Like, what? What? What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Monstrum Nox! Tales of Bazaar- Like, I'm just gonna keep- I could just keep going through this list because it's really, really ridiculous. Like, many of these games, uh, it freezes often enough to be frustrating. Uh, you're the one person, yeah, you're the one person who was a problem. Okay. Everyone else seems to be doing fine. Um, Tales of Bazaria. Like, I can just keep going through this list and I have no idea. Tales of Beastaria. Um,. I have no idea why some of these games are on this list. Genuinely no idea. If someone has an art, tie this Amanian Tiger 2. If anyone has a, a explanation for why some of these games are marked as unsupported, I would genuinely love to know. Because all of these games, if I was in charge of doing the rating system, uh... A good number... Didn't Black Ops 2 literally have a patch to fix its problems? Okay. Um, I would have a lot of these games. A lot of these games in the playable section instead. Uh, Yakuza 4. Gold. So you know what? This list might may possibly do more harm. Uh, do more harm. Do more harm than good. <laughs> Fuck, that was bad. <sighs> so just keep in mind, if you do own a Steam Deck, just because Valve is saying the game is unsupported has nothing to do whatsoever with if the game is going to work. I can guarantee a lot of these games play perfectly. Actually play really, really well. And I don't understand. I don't understand at all why it's like this. <laughs> but someone, someone during the rating system decided, yes, this is how it's going to be rated. And this is what I want to do. One thing I wish they did make public is not the criteria for what makes it a play or a playable not makes it a verified game the criteria it needs to meet to make it fall into playable or unsupported because as i mentioned those games from the criteria that i've seen i would mark them as playable but does it have to meet like half the criteria does it have to meet like three quarters like how much does it need to meet and how much are the different criteria weighted like is Smaller text weighted more than um, graphical settings out of the box. Is graphical settings out of the box weighted more than uh, text input? Like, how how is the scoring being done? Or is it just entirely arbitrary and based on whoever is doing the, uh, the testing at the time? Because right now, that's the, that's the way it seems to be. It seems to be just completely random... And just whatever happens, basically happens. Which is sad. 
it's sad because there's going to be a lot of people who buy a Steam Deck who look at the uh, the rating system and think these are the games that are working and these other games aren't and sort of miss out on experiencing uh, a lot of games they otherwise could be experiencing. Now, I, speaking of the Steam Deck, I actually see a... Um, see if I can find the story. Steam Deck Yuzu. Uh, there was a... Here we go. There was a creator who was doing how-to videos on running the uh, the Yuzu emulator, which is a Switch emulator, uh, Switch emulator on the Steam Deck. Now, the Yuzu is by no means new, but the benefit of running Yuzu on the Steam Deck is that Yuzu... Like, not Yuzu. The Steam Deck is in a... While being bigger, is in a fairly similar form factor to the Steam Deck. Like, it's a handheld gaming console, PC, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's... It's the same sort of way you would play a game on a Switch. And I guess Nintendo just didn't particularly um, didn't particularly like it. So there was a creator by the name of The Fox, spelt uh, P-H-A-W-X, who had their videos removed and had uh, videos also removed on GameCube and Wii emulation. Now, from the perspective of Nintendo... I can understand why they would go after Switch emulation because Switch is a current-gen console and they sort of want to pretend like emulation doesn't exist. But Nintendo has this really weird relationship with emulation. So, uh, you have... Is it... Let, what was it? Link to the Partner? What was the Switch game they sold that was just running on emulator? Um, Switch... Uh, Zelda emulator. There was a... They were selling it old... Yeah, here it is. It was Ocarina of Time. So they were selling Ocarina of Time for the Switch, and it was um literally just running on an emulator, because that's the way you run really old games like that. And it also ran worse than an emulator that, um, that other people were running. So, um, yeah. But... Nintendo is really weird about emulation. They absolutely love emulation if they are doing it. So they'll sell you, you know, games running in the virtual console, which are all running under an emulator. And in most cases, running under an open source emulator that only exists because the community made it. Not because Nintendo wanted that emulation to exist. They actively go out of their way to stop the emulation happening. But there are situations where Nintendo is perfectly fine to take that community software that they hate and then sell it. Where they'll have things like their, uh, the NES, is it called NES Mini? What was NES Classic? NES Mini. Classic, yeah, NES Classic. Right, it was a mini NES, that's what it was. Um, where this was literally just an emulation box. Like, it, it's just, it's got a little um, single board PCB system, and it's running an emulator. It does, ha hey, it does have ports to use your NES controllers, but it's literally just running an NES emulator. Same with any of the other ones they've released. Like, they did the same thing for the, um, the SNES as well. And once again, also literally just an emulation box. And if they, did they do a GameCube? I don't think they've done a GameCube. 
But if they ever do a GameCube, um, okay, some people are saying it's going to be happening in uh, in 2022. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I don't know. If they ever do that, it's going to be running emulation because they know that running an emulator on a PC is much much easier than having to like rebuild the hardware from scratch. So yeah, I hope this guy ends up getting his videos back, ends up having Nintendo, you know, join the rest of the world. Join the rest of the world and just accepting that, yeah, you know what? Emulation is going to happen. We don't endorse it, but there's not really a much that we can do about it. Like, Sony doesn't like emulation. Microsoft, I guess, doesn't really care at this point because they just released the games on PC anyway. Um, but in the case of Sony, they don't like emulation, but from my understanding... They don't go around copyright striking channels that upload videos playing games with PCSX or whatever emulator they're using. But, yeah, Nintendo is very well known for going after community projects, emulators, fan games. I think they've fucking gone after fan art before. No, look, knowing Nintendo, I wouldn't be surprised if they have gone after fan art. Someone made a... Pokemon FPS. What? What? Pokemon FPS that got pulled down. Why did you make a Pokemon FPS? What? Wait, what is... You can go around, like, shooting Pikachus? And Poliwrath? What the fuck is this game? I... <laughs> I guess you just go around murdering Pokemon, and Nintendo was uh was not super happy about it. Oh, you can also like there's also chainsaws by the looks of it. Um, but at the end of the day, I I'm fine with it existing. Like I'm totally fine with it existing. And at the end of the day, it it, it does Nintendo allowing this stuff to exist. I would imagine has a positive effect on their on their, their sales and on their reputation by pretending like things... Uh, by trying to pretend like things like this don't exist, trying to suppress them, all it does is get more people talking about it and anyone who didn't know about Yuzu is starting to know about it. Like, LTT did a, a, a clip in the when show about it and there were people in the comments section be like, I didn't know about Yuzu. I thought that... You couldn't like there were no emulators for the current gen consoles. The uh the thing that happens with uh with Yuzu though and with the Switch is because the Switch is based on a very very old um uh GPU that what's it Tegra Switch Te uh Tegra Tegra X One um what year was the Tegra X One from? <laughs> Uh, 2015. So, when we're talking about mobile uh, GPUs from 2015, it's pretty easy to, uh, to emulate the uh, performance coming from that system. And even outperform it. Like, we're not talking about emulating a PS4 or a PS5, which, sure, aren't the fastest systems out there, but are close enough to modern PCs where 
emulating both the hardware and then the and getting the software to run isn't as viable. Like if you want to do the current PS4 emulation through the um the Spine emulator, like you need like th a 3090. Like you need actual hardcore GPUs. But when we're talking about something running a seven-year-old uh <laughs> seven-year-old mobile GPU, you don't need that much. Actually, Spine seems like it's making a bit of progress. Um, I don't think it's been open. I think one of the problems people had with Spine is it wasn't open source. Um, uh, Spine. I might, I might think of another one. Spine emulator open source. Yeah, it's not open source at this stage, but... From my understanding, it the dev isn't opposed to doing so in the future. Um, so it, I guess technically it, it's a te uh, it's a compatibility layer, not a emulator. But the the difference is it's minor. Um, so it is Linux exclusive. Um, and he's opted to not release the source code at a caution-free Windows-exclusive variant emerging out of his work. <laughs> sure, okay. Um, despite the fact that it's already interested in, uh, in getting it working through WSLG, its authenticity was verified by lead Orbital developer, uh, Alex Altea. So we also have Orbital, that is another one. Um, there is a project called GPCS4 which it seems like it's dead. Uh, there is PS4 Delta, which also is dead. It's been archived on GitHub. And there is a project called RPCS4, which is also dead. Um, so right now, basically all we have is Spine and Orbital. Uh, they're still in their fairly early stages, but they are... Technically functional. <laughs> in some... In some fashion. They're not highly functional. But they are technically functional. <laughs> but hey. Um, my... I, I've said my thoughts on, on emulation before. I... I don't like emulating... I don't like emulating consoles that are... Still in production. So, PS4 stuff, I don't want to emulate. Switch stuff, I don't want to emulate. Oh. I don't want to procure ROMs, we'll say. If you want to emulate it, fine, do it. Do whatever you want. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to encourage procuring ROMs through whatever means you would like to procure them, um, unless it is currently not in production. So, if we're talking about PS3... You cannot buy new PS3. If we're talking about GameCube, you cannot buy new GameCube. If we're talking uh, Xbox 360, you can't buy Xbox 360. So emulate to hearts, your heart's content. No one is losing any money and just just preserve gaming history. But when we're talking about modern, uh, like modern things or things that are still in production... If you want to emulate it, fine, but at least buy the game. 
at least buy the game if you're going to do that. Um, but if the only way to procure, uh, procure the game is secondhand, well, it is what it is. Do whatever you want because the company's not making money anyway. So occasionally I read gaming on Linux and it's usually a pretty good place to find whatever's happening in the Linux gaming space. It's not it's not the best resource out there. There's only one guy that writes for it, but it's still overall a really good site. And uh, I found... Oh, Sonic Rewiblast got an update. That's cool. Um, I found this article. So Albion Online now testing gamepad support ready for the Steam Deck. I have never played Albion Online, and I have genuinely no idea what this game is about, but I know what this game is. And if you've ever had gaming ads on your YouTube, like, I think, like, a year ago or so, you probably heard of Albion Online, because you've probably seen the ad that goes, Albion Online. Um, uh, what the fuck is it? Something about... It is a sandbox MMO where you can... When you affect the world or something, it's got a player-driven economy. And the way they describe the game, I'm just like, you're describing literally every MMO. Like, I don't know what this game is about. I genuinely couldn't tell you. We're going to look at the Steam page right now and see what Albion is about. Because it might be a good game. I have no idea. From my understanding, it is a fairly popular MMO. But the ad was... um not doing a great job. So Albion Online is a fantasy sandbox MMORPG featuring a play-driven economy, classless combat. This is just the ad. Uh, this is literally just the ad. Um, classless combat, like RuneScape, uh, intense PvP battles, Explore a vast open world full of danger and opportunity. Grow your wealth, forge alliances, and leave your mark on the world uh, on the world of Albion. When I saw the ad, I looked at it and like, that just looks like... And even in this picture, this just looks like RuneScape 3. I don't know if it plays anything like it. As I said, I have no idea what this game is. I don't know anything about it. It could... like it, Is it like a ARPG or something? It looks like it has a bit of like a... um. A, a mobile interface. I'm pretty sure there's a mobile version as well. Um, but hey, sure, it might be a good game. And uh, yeah, you can play it on the Steam Deck if you want to. And that's that's cool. That is cool. Did these uh, devs make anything else? Or did they just do uh, Albion? Nope, they uh, just do Albion. So this is an indie studio that made a fairly popular MMO. Wow. That's, uh, that's genuinely rare to see. Let's uh let's see how many people play this game actually. I have no idea. Um Steam Charts Albion. I know it is a a fairly popular game, but I don't know like how popular. Um right now there are 4000 players online, which is not, you know, super massive, but it's certainly uh it's certainly not a completely dead game and it's like a it's a fairly stable uh, amount of players. Oh, okay, right now we're in a dip. Okay, that's why. Um, Sunday, Sunday, okay, Sunday's their peak day, obviously. So it seems like most of the time at their peak, uh, which is 3 p.m. UTC, uh, it has about 7,500 to 8,000 players, which isn't a massive game by any means, but 
that is a totally respectable player base, and it seems like, wow, no one played the game here. Oh, yep, this is where they did the ad. So, nobody even knew about the game. This was the release here. Nobody knew about the game. They ran their ad campaign. It obviously massively spiked up, and it seems like it's been doing uh, quite well. It is going down right now, but uh, I hope they do well. Maybe they need to do another ad campaign and uh, make sure everyone else who doesn't know about Albion now knows about Albion, and they can decide if they're going to play the game. It seems like it has not a massive Twitch audience, but there's at least, like, some level of people who care to watch the game on Twitch, which is also fairly cool as well. All they need is a uh, a big Twitch streamer to play the game, and then they will, you know, pop off. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know, maybe it's not going to happen, because right now... Um, so, I was watching Gold the other day, and he was saying he got a message from Ninja... And Ninja asked him to go and play on his Final Fantasy XI private server. She's like, why are you playing Final Fantasy XI? Like, just play 14 like a normal person. Stop it. Just stop doing that. Why? Why are you, why are you playing Eleven? Like, nobody else does. You are the only person. But hey, you know, if you're enjoying yourself, I guess have fun. Like with Albion here. It might not be the biggest game out there, but hey, if you're enjoying yourself, it, time time you enjoy what is it? time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. Is that the quote? I want to say that's the quote. Um time you enjoy yeah, time you enjoy wasting is not wasted time. I have no idea who said that. Apparently, okay, it's been it's been given to many people. Uh, this is the problem with quotes on the internet. Um, there are many people they will get attributed to. Uh, I'm seeing it attributed to both Bertrand Russell, uh, John Lennon, and Marth Trolley Curtin. I have no idea who that is. I know who the first two are. Marth Trony Tro Trolley Curtin. This is a... So she is a an author of the Firenet Fire P H Y R N E T T E Firenet Firenet novels. I, no idea. Um, but yeah, that is a it is a. I think a lot of people out there who are really worried about being hyper productive all the time. And that's great. If you want to be hyperproductive and always, like, be working on stuff and all of that, that's great. But I think if you want to just, you know, chill through life, that's fine as well. But if you're going to chill through life and you're going to do what, you know, many people would consider wasting your time, at least waste your time in a way that you're enjoying. Like, if you're playing an MMO and you're only playing it because you've played it for, you know, 10 15 years like I played RuneScape for seven years I wasn't enjoying it for a good number of those years if you're doing that you're just you're just wasting time for the sake of wasting time but if you're playing 14 or maybe you enjoy RuneScape or you're playing 
Albion Online even, and you're enjoying spending that time. Sure, you might not be productive in the way that many people would consider you productive. Sure, you're not working on your career or anything like that. But if you're enjoying the time you're spending, is that really so bad? I'm going to say no. There, there might be, you know, better ways you could spend the time. But if you're enjoying what you're doing, well, as long as you're paying your bills and you're not, like, you know, letting your life fall into disarray, at the end of the day, I can't really say much about it, now can I? Especially because I can't do the same thing. <laughs> like, maybe this is just copium. Maybe it's just copium because I spend a lot of time playing 14. But I don't usually play 14 until... Like, the weekend rolls around and I've done everything I need to do for the week. Like, I could be playing, you know, 14 every single day, multiple hours a day. That, like, that's something I could do. And I could let the the channel fall into, uh, into disrepair and I could just be basically uh, working at uh, working a supermarket for the rest of my life and doing other, like, basic jobs like that. But I don't. I, I work on what I need to work on. And then I waste my time when it's time to waste my time. Sure, there are certainly plenty of ways I I poorly use my time during the time I should be working. But overall, I get everything I need to get done. And I'm never in a situation where I feel like I, I have wasted so much time that... The quality of my work has to sacrifice, or has to suffer, has to suffer to compensate for my my hobbies, my wasted times, as you might say. Yeah, I don't know how we got here. <laughs> We're gonna move on though. So I think we got here from talking about Albion somehow. Anyway, uh, I want to talk a bit of. <laughs> <laughs> really dumb story that happened the other day. So I ended up cleaning my system. This was during the time when I was trying to, you know, debug it, trying to work out the problems, whatever you want to call it. And I took the system outside to blow out the dust because maybe, you know, it didn't look like it was overheating in my software, but maybe for whatever reason, it it actually was. Or maybe there was dust in a place that shouldn't be dust or whatever it was. So I took it outside I had a mask. This is one of the times when, you know, I will wear a mask in my house because I don't want fucking dust to get in my face. Uh, I had my, my mask on to protect my face, uh, blowing the dust out. And I see the, the, the dog we have, like, walk up to me. And she got, like, really terrified of me. Not because of the cans. Like, she, she wasn't there when I was blowing um, dust out of the system. She just saw the system and looked at me from the other side of the computer and was just fucking barking at me. The in like I, I was step like step outside from where the system was, perfectly fine. If I'm behind the computer, constantly barking at me. Same thing when I had to move this system out into the uh, the kitchen to get the the Wi-Fi card out. She walked up to the door and saw me behind the computer and was just barking at me as if I was some random person she has never seen. I don't know what the hell that was about. Like, I genuinely have no idea. Maybe... Uh, it wouldn't even be because she can't see my entire body, because from where I was standing, um, there's usually a lot of junk on that kitchen counter. But also, like, 
you can't see most of my body anyway because the, the count is in the way. So it wasn't that. I don't know. Like, and the computer wasn't moving, so it wasn't like the noise of the computer or anything like that. So there was clearly something about the computer. Maybe the way that it reflected light or... I don't know. I, I really don't know. Maybe it looked like something to her, like looked like something that was going to like attack her or something. I don't know. Dogs are weird. Not to say cats are not weird. Hey, hey Chase. What do you think? He's licking my hand right now. You can go back to sleep now. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, not to say cats are not weird, but, uh, you know, I, I can work out what this thing's going to do. It's going to sleep nine hours of the day, maybe 10 out, 10 or 12 hours of the day. And usually it's going to be on my bed uh, until the, like, the point that I start doing something like recording a video and it's like, hey, I want to go outside. Like, you were just sleeping for the past six hours and the second that I start recording a video, I want to go outside. Let me outside. Let me outside. Let me out. Stop. Stop. Stop, cat. Stop. Stop it. <laughs> Since I'm on the topic of uh, weird stories, I want to show you a picture. So, where is the picture? Uh... Yes, here it is. Ooh. So this is a picture of what happened when I got home. So if you can't tell, focus on the thing. That is a roll of tape attached to the kitchen counter. Now, if you're questioning why that is there, so am I. So for the record, I get home around 11.30pm. So everyone in the house is already asleep. So... Someone was doing something with that tape, attached it to the bench, and then went to sleep without moving the tape. The funny thing about it, though, that is not the first time the tape's been there. It's been there twice now. So there have been two days that I've walked in, and there has been tape, a, a, a roll of tape, attached to the kitchen counter. And I have... No idea why. I don't know what was being done with it. I don't know why it was left there. I don't know if it's there for a reason. It's not holding anything there because that's a solid part of the bench. It's just there. And if anybody has, you know, maybe some insight, maybe some idea of what they could be doing, besides, you know, maybe they were just using the tape and then just left it there, but why was it there twice? Like, why were you using that tape two days in a row? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I genuinely don't. So if anyone has any idea of what could be happening, that would be, um, that would be swell. I would appreciate that. You'd be a great person. But speaking of weird stories, we've got one, that I said, that's, that's true, bro. One more. So I was, I think I was coming down Main North Road. Yeah, Main North Road, which is like a, a major highway connecting the, Adelaide city area and the northern suburbs where, uh, you know, the northern suburbs are. So I was going, I would have been going up towards the city. So I was going up that road and I see a cop car, which is fairly normal. This was stopped with a guy who was, uh, here. this is cop had his lights on. So he clearly pulled someone over. And on this road, you know, it's fairly normal to have someone speeding or drinking or having some defect with their car. But I go past and 
behind his car, not the cop car, the guy who was stopped, there was a couch. There was a couch just sitting on the road behind the car. And I have so many questions. Was the couch from the person? Was the couch from the sidewalk and they've moved it over? Did the person get stopped because of the way they were moving the couch? It looked like the couch could have like fit in their car. Did they have it attached to the roof? Did they have it... Were they holding onto it? Was it in the car, but the cops saw that you couldn't like see through the back window, so they ended up stopping the person to m tell them that was the case and give them a defect for it? Or like give them a fine or whatever? Why was the couch there? I... Man, I love living in Adelaide because it's such a little place and you see so much fucking weird shit going on. And half the time you're like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why any of this is happening. I genuinely don't. There's probably some like logical explanation, but I don't know what that, what that explanation is. Once again, if anyone has some insight into, um, what the man with the couch could be doing um, also would be fairly helpful. Now, we haven't talked about 14 the entire podcast, which, you know what, is rare for me. So I guess we can talk a little bit about 14. Uh, coming up, I guess it'd be by the time this podcast goes live, there is a, another Moogle treasure trove happening. This starts on March 14th and then continues up until 6.1, which... We don't know when 6.1 is coming. So it's going to give you some time, plenty of time, maybe some time to uh, farm out some rare drops. So basically the way the, uh, the, the treasure trove events work is you run certain events or run certain dungeons, run certain raids, and you'll be given these tombstones and you can trade them in, not for things generally that are exclusive to the event, just things that are usually... Um, fairly fairly hard to acquire so if we go to the item list like the mame shiba these are these are from somewhere where are these from i don't know where these are from actually maybe you can't acquire these anywhere else um wait i'm gonna check this i might be wrong on this one but most of the stuff you can get is uh acquirable elsewhere ff14 how to get uh oh okay no they are they are literally uh, okay so they were from a treasure trove event back in 2019 okay this one actually is exclusive to treasure trove okay but um some amounts we have here like the the kamui here this is from a i think an extreme or a savage from stormblood shadowbringers uh stormblood extreme from stormblood uh, then you have some other items here. You have some time-worn maps, orchestrian rolls, some hair, lots more mounts. These two are Beast Tribe mounts, which also are amusingly the two Beast Tribe mounts that I currently do not have. Um, <laughs> so I'll probably end up getting these uh, just so I don't have to spend the 240,000 gil to do so. Uh, the other one, I think these two are... I'm pretty sure these two are a Realm Reborn Extremes, yeah. So we have Bowl of Embers, and then the other one, I want to say, I want to say Boreas is Garuda, but I might be wrong. 
Ah, no, this is from uh, Ark of Amphitheater. This is the uh, the Shiva raid or Shiva uh, extreme. <laughs> then you have these ones here from various other places. This is a Heaven's Ward mount. It's it, it's a it's an eagle. I kind of want it. And this other one, which is probably also Heaven's Ward. Yes. Uh, then you have some housing stuff, some gear that I genuinely. Actually, this one kind of looks good. This set kind of looks good. Uh, for the most part, I genuinely don't care. Uh, riding maps, you have some minions, and you have some triple triad cards. So I noticed that um, something something is missing from from this uh, from this treasure trove that was in the previous one. Uh, let's see. So FF14 Moogle Treasure Trove 2021. Uh, let's see. This was... I think this was happening around when I was starting. Uh, yes. Or was it after this one? There was a... There was another treasure trove. Um, I think it was pre-Endwalker. Was it the Hunt for Lore? Yes, it was... Yes, this was pre-6.0 uh, coming out. Um... Coils. So the ones you the things you run change every single time. Usually Praetorium and Castor Maradonum are there because these ones take fucking 40 minutes to run. So these always give you like fairly good uh fairly good rewards. You have this one, a level 80 dungeon, you have some PvP stuff, which no one does. Um you have some other random things here, but you have some raids here. So raids were giving you three irregular tombstones. And I believe it was Coil of Bahamut, either turn one or turn two. And uh, <laughs> you could run Blue Mages and finish this in like five minutes or so. Which is insane. Blue Mages basically are mages that use uh, abilities from monsters or abilities from enemies. And... Yeah, you could take an entire party of blue mages and break the event. You could finish this entire event in a couple of hours, which <laughs> which is uh, probably not what they wanted to see happen. So, wait, is this all of the is this all of the Aromable Beast Trap mounts, or is there one missing? Might be one missing. Um, either way, this time. Um, no coils, so you can't break it as easily. Uh, so I reckon, I've been talking to some people about this, I reckon the best strat is probably going to be running either Keeper of the Lake or Copper Bell Mines. I haven't done Pharos Sirius, and the only problem with Aurum Vale is Aurum Vale as a healer you need to actually, you need to heal. Uh, because you don't have your Medica 2 yet, which is your AoE regen, you can't just you can't just spam Medica 2 and not play your job. Um, but once you're at 50, uh, I, I'm pretty sure is it? I'm pretty sure it's a 50. You get a, you get the skill at 50. FF14 White Mage. Uh, obviously, if you're playing different jobs, it's different. You do get your regen earlier, but I play White Mage. Um, Medica 2. Yeah, Medica 2. You get at 50. Um, you also get Benediction, which you don't really need because you don't have to heal. Um, 
Benediction is your your oh shit button and insta heals. But any of these level 50 dungeons, I reckon I reckon you can probably do if you're if you're playing with a formed group and you guys know what you're doing and you know no one's just breaking the mechanic, you can probably do Keeper of the Lake in 10 minutes. Same with Copper Bell and Pharaoh Sirius, probably the case as well. Um the problem with I've talked about this before. The problem with Praetorium and Castra Meridanum, um, I don't is Dunscape also the same problem as Castrum? Like the, the it might. I don't know why Dunscape is there. Is this way quicker than I don't know if this has unskippable cutscenes. This is the problem. So these are two very major story dungeons, and you are not allowed to skip the cutscenes. You could have seen the cutscenes a thousand times you are forced to watch them and there's about half an hour of them so <laughs> um there's literally no way to do the dungeon quicker let i think it's like 25 minutes or so and assuming the dungeon takes at least 10 minutes there's no way to do it in less than 30 to 35 minutes it's physically impossible you do not have the ability to outrun the cutscenes I guess your only strat is abusing the uh, the cutscene glitch, which is technically bannable. Um, so with that in mind, because no one does PvP, uh, I'll probably like, I'll be doing PvP for, like with my my frontline stuff, but I usually do frontline once a day. Um, so I'll probably end up doing a a party finder with my FC, and I'll let these guys decide on whether they want to do Cop Bell, Pharos, or Keeper of the Lake. And we'll just grind out as much as we need. Um, in my case, I'm probably gonna go for. I don't care about the eerie. I, I don't care. Like that's that's dumb. Do I want the Tomomo headband though? That is the question. Um, maybe. Uh, the fate is still in the game. It does not appear on the map. Uh, like any other special fate in the game. The fate is still spawning. Is there no way to get this? Like, normally? I already have cat ears on my, my character because, you know, I play cat girl. Do I want double cat ears? Do I, do I want double cat ears? That is the question. Clearly this person does. Um, maybe if I wasn't playing a... Oh, you can't see it. Oh, that's stupid. Um, maybe if I was not playing a cat girl, I would, I, I would go after these. But probably not because of how it is. But the other stuff here, so I think it's worked out. So a hundred, a hundred and uh, oh, these are only gonna crash in price, I reckon. Um, so a hundred will say uh one sixty, then another. So it's two eighty there. I don't care about any of the housing stuff. I I genuinely don't. Uh, maybe I'll go for the riding maps, in which case, one, two, three, four, five, six. So that's, uh, 340. And then go for all of this as well. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, seven by seven is 49. So 389. So, oh my lord. Do I want to go for all of it? That is the question. Some of it you can get very easily. or well, not very easily relatively easily in other methods that's um 97 runs at 
at four apiece. <laughs> Do I want to run 97, 97 instances of Keeper of the Lake? You know what? Maybe I don't. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Oh, wait, did I, were they counting the right one? I think I was. Yeah, I was. Okay. Uh, maybe I don't. <laughs> but you know what? Someone's going to. And what's worse, 97 runs of Copper Bell or, or Keeper of the Lake? Or doing Castor Meridanum 37 times? So, let's just work out how many times... Ah, uh, sorry, um, 39 times. So, let's just assume... 35 minutes. That's probably your best bet with Castrum. Times by 39. So that's 1300 um, divided by 60. That <laughs> 22 and three quarter hours. So that's 22 hours and 45 minutes. You know... <laughs> you know... Maybe I don't want everything. Maybe I really don't. Um, yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see if I want to, like, burn all of my sanity. And, well, maybe uh, maybe the writing maps I can just ignore. Because those ones you can get in other means. Um, where do you get these, these triple triad cards? Oh, the... No, okay, I'm not even going to bother then. You get one of them from a hard in Stormblood, one of them from a normal in Stormblood, and one of them from a another normal in Stormblood. Okay, we can scrap those ones. Um, we can scrap all of these cards. What about the the minions? Uh, Centurio Seals. I don't remember how you get those. Um... And this is from... Oh, this is from a normal in Stormblood. Okay, we're not going to worry about that one either. Um, Centurio Seals, though. I don't know... Uh, where you get these. Are these from... Are these from some sort of... Thing? Yeah, they're probably from some sort of thing. <laughs> so that one might be avoidable as well. Um... I don't know, all of, all of this stuff you can get through other means. It's just whether you want to, like, whether you want to go through the extremes. Like, all of the Aroma Reborn extremes you can do really easily now. Like, you just have to get an unsynced party, and then you can just run them literally no problem whatsoever. Like, the average item level is, for Bowl of Ember's extreme is 70. <laughs> like, once you're in Heaven's Ward, or once you're in Stormblood... You are so far above that item level that doing that unsynced is literally a walk in the park. I know that uh, I know Dylan was doing a was grinding out uh, some of the Realm Reborn mounts. I don't know if he ended up finishing that or not. I'll have to ask him about it. If he hasn't, um, I'm at the point now where I've actually unlocked them. He for a brief period did um, outpace me, so that was annoying. So I had to catch up a bit. Because I did take my break to play uh, Nino Kuni 2. And I'm still I'm still heavily playing Nino Kuni 2. Like, I, I would be in Heaven's Ward right now if I wasn't playing that game. But I really love the game. So I'm not 
planning to stop anytime soon. I'm going to keep playing Nino Kuni 2 alongside, uh, alongside Final Fantasy, basically uh, until I finish the game. Um, there's also a, another event going on at the same time as uh, as the Tombstone event. So FF14, uh, the Little Ladies Day. It really bothers me. I, I've said this before. I'm really bothered by like some of the modern events we're getting, because the event items and the event rewards, I, I, they're just they're just nothing compared to some of the earlier stuff. So you get this little crown, and you know what? The crown is cute, and I like the crown, and I kind of want the crown. Um. But I think it was Little Ladies Day 2015, uh, 2016. 2016? Which year was it? No, 2017. There is an emote you got that is super popular now, and I believe is sold. Uh, no, that is 2018 is what we want. Yes. So 2017, you got the Songbird outfit. Songbird looks really good. Um, 2018, you got the. Uh, the glow sticker motes, which I believe are sold on the Mog Shop. Uh, I want to say they are. Let me have a look-see. Um, FF14 glow... Does it say glow, glowstone? Glow stick emote. Glowstone. Um, and, yep, they're on the Mog Shop now. They're not expensive, they're they're three dollars fifty, like US. So it's not the most expensive thing out there. Um, but you know, back in twenty eighteen, uh, you just got them for free. So yeah, and modern events, it's usually like, hey, here's just a glamour item. I kind of hope that at some point we do get some some big event, some like, you know, I don't know, give us give us some emotes or something. Like, hey, as I said. I do like the crown, and these like these event items can generally be uh can generally be dyed. This one probably can be dyed. Uh, let me have a look. Can it be dyed? Show me the page. Uh, dyeable? Oh, it's not dyeable. Oh, well, I take back what I said. Okay, this one's not dyeable then. Uh, well, that's fine. It it still looks good. It it doesn't look as, uh, as good as it could, but I guess I guess it is what it is. Hopefully, hopefully we get some event where we get something cool. You know, maybe the, the problem we have with um the problem that I've I'm, I've seen with the way the game is now, um they know there's a lot of stuff they they could like there was an event years ago where they gave out um they gave out bikinis and this bikini is one of the most popular glamour items in the game. Now, I believe it's sold on the Mog Shop. So, a lot of the, like, really cool stuff they used to have as event items are now Mog Shop stuff. Because, of course, they're Mog Shop stuff. Because why would you give it away for free when you can make people pay for it? <laughs> as much as I love 14, you know, 14 is still... It's still a, it's still a game by, run by Square Enix, and Square Enix likes to make money. Um... So you sort of gotta you gotta <laughs> you gotta accept it for what it is, I guess. It is it's not a big deal. Like, sure, you, there's plenty of other good glamour items you can use. And I'm not saying the crown is bad, but like relative to some of the earlier stuff we got. Um Like I mentioned, uh I didn't I didn't show this one on screen actually. Um 
the there's I just showed 2017 again. 2016. Oi, 2016. Um, this is the set you got. No, 2018 was where you got the. the this is a good set as well, but um, 2018. What what year was the Songbird set? Am I getting my years wrong? 2018. No, it's going to be 2017 then. Ah, yeah, there it is. Okay. 2017, you got the Songbird set, you got the Songbird emote, and then you also got some housing items. Once again, don't really care about housing items, but um, look at this. Look at this set. This set looks really, really good. And this emote looks really, really good. And I'm 99% sure that this stuff's all sold in the mog shop now. Um, <laughs> uh, let me have a look. Let, let's let's see. FF14. Uh, Songbird emote. And yep. Uh oh, it's is it all sold? Wait, is this cheer? No, it's the emo. No, that's the the songbird cheer one. Um, songbird set. Songbird attire. Yep, thought so. Three dollars fifty on the mug shop because of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, do they have... I wonder if they have the male version as well. I don't really care. I play a female character, but... Okay, yeah, the male version is on the shop. And here we go. Yep. Of <laughs> course it fucking is. Why wouldn't it be? Everything that... All of the cool event items from uh, from previous events are now being sold. You know what? I... I'm going to have to say this is better than the way that a game like RuneScape handles it. Because in RuneScape, when there were old event items, there were old event emotes, there were literally no way to get them. Like, none at all. Because every time there was a new event, there was there was new items, there was new emotes. I don't like having to pay for these really cool emotes and really cool items that, uh, that were at 1.3. But I prefer this to them not existing altogether. Like, this is certainly preferred. I do think some of the mounts are a little bit, um... Um, like this one, which is a $30 mount. <laughs> or this one, which is a $20 mount. And I know someone in my FC owns this one. <sighs> but hey, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, it... <laughs> Actually, that's a really cool set. That's a, that's a really cute set. You could, uh... You can cosplay as a cat girl. Uh, I know this character. I believe she's eventually the Scion, but isn't in the game yet because I'm in uh, uh, Heaven's Ward. Oh, Heaven's Ward. Everyone reborn. Have almost Heaven's Ward. Is this a mount that you can be carried around by a Spriggan? That's actually amazing. <laughs> Wait, I guess for like a for some of like the bigger character, like that's with the Lala. So obviously it looks very, uh, very small. So with one of the bigger characters, then, I guess it would be a fucking giant Spriggan. Oh, I wondered where someone got the uh, the Carbuncle mount. Uh, I saw someone running around with this the other day, and also these ones. I guess they are store mounts. Of course they are. Why wouldn't they be store mounts? <laughs> of course they are. Oh, Lord. A couple last things I want to touch on is uh, right now. So for many years, the... GTX 1060 was the uh, the most popular card on Steam. 
And you know what? That card came out in 2016. And you know what? It still is the most popular card on Steam. I, uh... I... I have no idea how it is. But, um, yeah. People are still using this card. I could have understood it, like, if it was, you know, maybe a 20 series that you'd bought before the, uh, the massive price hikes, but... I kind of feel bad for anyone who is still running something like that. Right now, it is sitting on 7.99% uh, of the uh, the market share. We have the 1650 at 6.30, 1050 Ti at 5.7, or 5.79, 2060. Okay, here we go. 2060 at 5.38, and then it just goes down from there. Um... There is a very high number of people who play games on Steam using the Intel UHD, the Intel Iris, and the UHD 620. Wait, there are people who play with a GT 730? Why? Why are you doing that? No, like, genuinely, why are you doing that? Why did you buy a 730? Like, that's, that's worse than what you have in your CPU, almost definitely. Actually, how is the Steam hardware server going right now? So, obviously, yep, AMD is still slowly growing its uh, its CPU market share, as it's been doing for, like, a couple of years now. Um, let's see. So, what is this? Four core CPUs are shrinking. Six cores are growing. Eight cores are growing as well. Also, makes a lot of sense. Uh, what do we have here? What else do we have here? What are we going on with the OS version? So, Windows 10 is down. Windows 11 is slowly growing. But Windows 10 is still 75% of the, uh, of the, um, window, of, of the market share there. Uh, OS X is also down. And Linux is down as well. Uh, it's still at 1.02%. Now, for the record, the, um... The Steam Deck has not been counted in any Steam hardware surveys yet. So that will happen as of the next one. Because this hardware survey would have been done before most people... Actually, before really anyone besides reviewers had their, their Steam Decks available. So with the following one, then I sort of, I sort of expect there to be a boost. Especially if they are pushing it to the Steam Deck users... Um, in in what is being done here. Uh, right now, the most popular amount of RAM is 16 gigs. Makes sense. I'm surprised that even 1% with 24 gig. <laughs> uh, and then 8 gig is dropping, but 16 gig is the majority now, which also makes sense. Uh, 4 core CPUs, VRAM, 8 gigs, 1060 and 8... Sure. Does the, wait, does 1060 have an 8 gig variant? Wait. GTX 1060. I, th I thought it had a 6GB variant. Why is 8GB the most popular, but there's only a 6GB variant of the 1060? How did that even happen? <laughs> how, how does this happen? I, I, I don't know. Oh, it's very, very close. Oh, I know what's happening. I know what's happening. Um... So I imagine 2060 probably has 8 gigs. And there's a probably... 3060 definitely has at least 8 gigs. 
So there's probably a couple of cards which added together are over, uh, like in the are uh, in the eight gig category. That's probably how that's going down. There's still some people with less than five, oh, with 512 megs of VRAM. That's sad. Five gigs. Were there even, I don't even know if any cards had five gigs. Three gigs as well. Sure. Uh, primary resolution, still 1080p, because why would it be anything else? There is, there is some people on 2560 by 1440. Okay, respect. I don't want to use it. Uh, and there's 2% of people on 3840 by 20, uh, 2160. Uh, primary language is English. It makes sense because it's an American company. Uh, free hard drive space. <laughs> sure. Uh, 100 to 249 gigs. Okay, sure. Um, total hard drive space above one gig. Okay. Why is above one gig the most you have there? Surely you would have like above two gig, above three gig now. Because sure, most people, I'm surprised there's, oh, I guess these people would be laptops. Yeah. These would be laptop systems most likely and older, older hardware. Um, What the hell is half of this? Uh, is this... NTFS is here. AVX? W what is this list? I thought this was file systems. No, it's not. This... No, because it's mainly Windows people. Hyperthreading? I guess this is just what people have enabled. Um, and they just don't have separate categories for it. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, Intel CPU speed. Why Intel? Um, 2.3 to 2.69. There is a lot of categories here, but there's then, then there's not a lot for the the storage space. That the categories are really weird sometimes. Um, but yeah. So 1060s are still incredibly popular because I, I guess people are just not updating their GPU. Um. Oh, combining 14 and also Steam, um, there was an update to 14 yesterday, and it was um, it was causing a couple of issues for some players. Uh, basically, Square Enix is make if you're if you're a Steam account, they're making you merge your Square a Square Enix account and your Steam account, which is good because it probably means there will be um less fuckery with the way that Square Enix is handling their account system. It's not being done for like anyone else. Uh, it's not merging with like Sony or I guess if you're standalone, there's nothing really merged with. Um, so there's lot, still going to be a lot of fuckery, but some people weren't actually able to merge their accounts. So it seems like if you were using any special characters outside of the English alphabet, so anything outside of A to Z and capital A to capital Z, uh, it may have caused problems. <laughs> Which is just like, come on. Like, what are you doing? How How is your system this broken that that's happening? How does this only have one upvote and there is a news story written about it? How does that even happen? Um, I guess that that's how few people actually noticed it being a problem. Maybe it wasn't even that many people and they are just extremely over-exaggerating how big of a deal it was. <laughs> if there's one upvote and 19 comments, I guess 
I guess for some, for most people, it wasn't really that big of a deal. I guess most people also just don't play on Steam as well. So there is also that. And the problem did uh, did get addressed uh, fairly quickly. But for anyone who was struggling, um, well, too bad, I guess. You just couldn't play. Just don't play the Steam version. But you can't, you can't migrate your account off of Steam, so you can't really do much. <laughs> How their account management is so bad is absolutely insane. Like, come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> why can't I just move my... Why do I need to migrate? Like, why am I even questioning migrating account? Why can't I just have an account and then play the game on any version I want? Because the thing is, you can play with people on PS5, on PS4, on on Windows, on the Steam version, all, all together. There is no indication of what platform people are using. So clearly on the back end, they treat the accounts in the game the same. But when it comes to, like, actually logging in and playing the game... Well, you better be using the right client because otherwise it's not gonna work now, is it? <laughs> oh god. You know what? We're gonna end it there. I don't know how long the podcast's been going for. It's gotta be gotta be close to two hours by now, but uh if it's not, um I guess we're doing a slightly shorter one. Um yeah. I do have some other things I wanna talk about, but I also have uh videos to edit, so yeah. Anyway, um, next week will be 107. Uh, things will happen that happen. I don't know what they're going to be, but they will be things. Uh, we're probably still not going to be streaming because the internet's still probably going to be fucked. And yeah. So main channel is Brody Robertson. I do Linux videos there. You probably know that because you're probably from that channel. But if you're not, I do Linux videos there. Go check them out. They are They are videos. <laughs> I've got a gaming channel that is Brody Robinson Plays. Right now, I'm not streaming on it. I am just uploading clips. But as soon as I can start streaming on it again, I absolutely will. And I'm going to be having fun finishing off Hollow Knight and Kingdom Hearts 2. Then this channel, the podcast, this is available as an audio release. Basically, anywhere you can find podcasts. The video release is available on uh, just YouTube right now because uploading Odyssey on my connection is shit is not going to happen. Um, just YouTube for the video version, and yeah, that's gonna be it for me, so, I'm out.